people are going to go through all sorts of things. And, and that's, it's, that's part of all, all of our life experiences. But when you're in the middle of, especially a young person, it feels like maybe I, I should keep the secret. or I don't know who to go to, or it's maybe there's mm-hmm. shame part of it. But by, but when, when questions come up, like anonymous questions, mm-hmm. and I treat it like a, like any topic that comes up as being a um, totally approachable, you know, something that is absolutely uh, on the table to be considered and talked about and, and, um, and accepted. I'm, I think that um, I'm hopeful that students can see that and their barriers go down a little bit. Like, Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the D Word podcast. I'm your host, Mia Wilson, and today I am really excited to be joined by high school teacher and college professor, Mr. Caro. Um, so, Mr. Caro, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to chat with me today. Mr. Caro is a psychology and world history teacher at Cathedral Catholic High School. Um, who also offers college courses through Miracosta at Cathedral. And Mr. Carl, I'd love to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun outside of teaching and just anything you would like the listeners to know about you. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for having me on. It's just, it's such a cool thing and um, totally flattered to be asked to be here. And it's just, it's just, it's awesome. So um, yeah, I, uh, um, I teach psych uh, 101, AP psych, you're saying, and then uh, abnormal psychology or clinical psychology. Um, I love doing that. And um, it's definitely a passion of mine. Outside of teaching, it's just been, I have an eight, uh, a son who's starting eighth grade. So a lot of it's just like a, being a parent, uh, going to the beach a lot, hanging out. Um, I love writing. And so I've, I've written a lot of stuff, but I've never really done anything with it. Mm. So it's just kind of one of those things where at some point in my life, I'll want to, I'll want to, I want to like, you know, get something out there or whatever, but yeah. Um, there's a lot of areas in psych that I'm like uh, personally super fascinated by mm-hmm. and that fuses into my teaching. So that kind of, that's a lot of the uh, uh, pieces too. Yeah. So what like made you want to study psychology or like what got you into it? Yeah, it's interesting. It's not a, it's a weird road. When I was in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. And mm-hmm. I was just taking a lot of classes and part of me was like, you know, I don't want to declare a major yet. And mm-hmm. if everyone else is declaring majors, I just, I just wasn't sure. And I was playing with different ideas, but I just kept taking psychology classes because I liked it. And, um, and I just saw a lot of potential with it. Like, you know, there's the field itself. And so mm-hmm. by junior year, university of Washington was like, Hey, you need to declare a major. Like, you can't just like surf around forever and so um i'm like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna declare psych and then i'll figure out what i want to do for grad school after that mm-hmm. and i just got deeper entrenched into the field and worked at um an infant cognition lab at the hospital at university of washington where we just did experiments on on, on babies infants in terms of thinking cognition processing um and uh and then that's where how i got into the psych track and then mm-hmm. you know during during uh, graduate work, I just realized that even though I love psychology doing the research, it's just it's just at the end of the day, I, I find myself really love teaching it. Mm-hmm. really like talking about it. I love like the teaching side of it. Mm-hmm. And when I was at University of Washington, my um, one of my professors, I was an undergraduate, and one of my professors invited me to be a TA for him my senior year. So in college, mm-hmm. you have like a professor and then you have an 
you have you have like sections mm-hmm. for like a lecturer, and then you have like grad students run the run this this you know weekly sessions. And so they normal so it was really cool to be an undergraduate being the being the um TA. And so I, I TA'd a sec two sections of psych course. And that was like I really loved doing that. Like at some point in my life I want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so after grad school, I was like, well, I'll just put these two things together if I can. Yeah, I love that. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So did you always know you wanted to teach high schoolers or did that kind of just come about like that was yeah, no, not at all. If you tell me if you were to tell me in high school, you're gonna be high school teacher, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, that would be you know, I high school to me was kind of like a there was like the first years were were hard you know, just lots of turmoil, lots of upheaval. The second mm-hmm. junior, two years, junior, senior year, I was just like super dialed in and focused on school. Mm-hmm. Um but I just found out when I was an undergrad that I really liked, I liked teaching. And then um, mm-hmm. I liked doing that a lot. And then I went and like observed high schools for a little while because I was thinking about, you know, being a professor, but um, college, teaching colleges is really different. It's a lot less personable mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's much, it's a less of an, it's, it's a lot easier. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like teaching college is way easier because it's just yeah. like, you know, teaching high school is you have to be a lot more surgical and thoughtful about what you're doing. And, but the relationships are so much better. You get to know people yeah. in a cool way. So no, it was kind of an accident at the end of the day to kind of stumbled into that, but it, you know, it was pretty cool. Nice. Well, I'm glad you're a high school teacher. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So at cathedral, you said like one of your favorite things is like building that relationship. And I know that a lot of students at cathedral seem to just love you and you're like definitely a favorite. Um, so what are your thoughts on students kind of coming to you for advice or like mental health struggles? Because I feel like because you are so knowledgeable on the subject and um, you're also a very approachable person, more students are inclined to come to you. So like, what are your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, I think the, the subject matter itself for sure opens the door to that. And mm-hmm. I think um, part of it is, and it's, it's, it's just maybe a personality thing. Um, maybe it's, it's the, my perspective on it, but I, I feel like when I teach this material, I try to, I try to and normalizing it is the wrong word, but like mm-hmm. trying to make it so that, Hey, people are going to go through all sorts of things. And, and that's, it's, that's part of all, all of our life experiences. But when you're in the middle of, especially a young person, it feels like maybe I, I should keep the secret. Or I don't know who to go to, or it's maybe there's mm-hmm. shame part of it. But by but when, when questions come up, like anonymous questions, mm-hmm. and I treat it like a like any topic that comes up as being a um, totally approachable, you know, something that is absolutely uh, on the table to be considered and talked about and and um, and accepted. I'm, I think that. Um, I'm hopeful that students kind of see that and that their barriers go down a little bit. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's it seems safe to talk to that person. I'm not going to like, it doesn't seem strange or shock them or he's going to think something of me by me sharing how I've been feeling with something just as, you know, looking, try to get more information on, let's say it's, it's an anxiety issue or depression issue. Or even if students come to me with about different drug things they've been struggling with, you know, mm-hmm. dependency issues. And I think a lot of it's how I respond to it in a way that's, accepting and just very almost kind of more like a, not a, I mean understanding for sure and compassionate but also just kind of matter of fact and like um 
trying to treat it like a uh, more of like, well, let's, you know, we can absolutely, you know, there's definitely, there's always something can be done about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's part of it. It's like the way I respond maybe helps people feel more okay and going into it, you know, less, less judged or something like that. Because I mean, for me personally, like I just, I honestly couldn't imagine like if someone comes into you with a problem, I just feel it's for some, for them to walk away feeling judged would just be awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I yeah. could never. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's part of it. I mean, you know, the subject matter and the way I mm-hmm. respond to stuff. And I also encourage it too. I like students to know, like, especially when we're going over content that's mm-hmm. sensitive, you know, um, I want them to feel free to be able to respond how they need to respond. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're definitely a, a very, very accepting teacher. And I love that about you. And I think that a lot of students love that about you too. Um, but you mentioned anonymous questions and yeah. I did want to kind of explore that a little bit. Um, so in your class for listeners, you do anonymous questions and there are students, there are four students to submit a question anonymously and then have it answered out loud in class. So could you kind of explain like that process a little bit sure. before we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, absolutely. It's funny how back in the day, like when I first started doing it, everybody would come into class and get a little piece of paper mm-hmm. and they had to hold on to that piece of paper all period long. And then they had to fold it when they left and put it in like a box. Even if you didn't write a question, it didn't matter. Everyone had to do that. Mm-hmm. The idea was to really try to protect the students. I want them to really feel that what they write is anonymous. Now, what they do is there's a Google form that doesn't collect any of their information. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's no email. There's nothing like that. Um, and that. There's a link on Schoology. So it's not like public, although the link could be made. Somebody could share it. Mm-hmm. And so it's because it's not tracked. I mean, anyone could submit it if they have a link. But anyway, they put the question in there. And they mark whether it's urgent or not. And sometimes that's respected. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. But <laughs> I try to make that delineate, try to figure that out. And then um, what I'll try to do is at the start of every class, after I take role and like welcome everybody back in, I'll go over some anonymous questions and I try to hit the urgent ones first. Um, sometimes there's only a few. Sometimes there's like I'm backlogged by 30 or 40. And I try to make my way through them. Um, but they they're great. I and mean, I think that, and it's funny how I think some people are always like, are, are you sure you can't tell who wrote that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then sometimes people have written stuff in where I really wish I knew who wrote it so I can go t- help them and talk to them, but I just can't, there is no way for me to know who wrote it. So, but that's, that's kind of the process. And I, one thing I want to, you know, I say this at the beginning and I'll, I reiterate it throughout the years that my response to honest, anonymous questions are not I don't hold myself as some guru. I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just giving you my best textbook kind of version to begin with of a response. You know, like here's a, uh, a general response. And then sometimes if I'm going to give my own insight or my own opinion, I'll let people know, okay, it's just my point of view on this, which is not more important than anybody else's. And that I try to do that really sparingly, you know, and um, and try to start with like, you know, what's more of a standard response that they can you know, that they feel like they can, uh, they can kind of wrap their head around. Yeah, for sure. I think the anonymous questions are a really great thing. I know a lot of people from my class last year, just like loved the questions. I would see people like clicking on the link and typing something in, in class sometimes. And it was just, um, I think also your response to the questions in class was amazing. The way it was just like, it related to either something we learned in the past, something we were going to learn or something we were learning like 
in that moment that day in class uh, or like yeah. that subject we were talking about um so I really love that you did those <laughs> um, but I'm just curious do you think the anonymous part of the question kind of propelled more students to come to you in person or did you just get a ton of anonymous questions and like no one in person and did anyone ever like follow up with you in person after asking the question yeah all of the above i mean for <laughs> sure there i have a lot of examples where across the years you know mm -hmm. where like i mean the number of questions that come in assuming it's from different people i mean I'm, i you know my guess is there's usually for some of those questions it's like repeat you know some students write a lot of questions in mm -hmm. but i would say um often a lot oftentimes if someone's writing something and it's pretty serious, eventually they, they'll come in and we'll talk. Mm -hmm. They kind of say, Hey, that was me. That happens a lot. And, um, and it's, and it's, I'm really grateful for that because it's like, especially if it's something that, you know, whether it's self-harm or something at home or relationship thing, that's just kind of, you can clearly tell it's where it's weighing on them day after day. Um, they, they'll eventually kind of show up and say, Hey, can I talk to you during, you know, before class or after class or whatever. And, and then we'll talk and they'll say, oh, that was me who wrote those questions in. Or it's funny. Sometimes they'll say, like, you probably know it was me. I'm like, no, man, I <laughs> I don't. I have one thing I've learned is not to make assumptions, you know. Yeah. And so um, there's that. And I think the anonymous questions, what they do is is um, a bunch of things. But one of them is to your questions that it starts a conversation and it's out there. They've heard the, the, the topic you know, broadcasted, they've heard a response. It's like breaking the ice a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when they do, if they do feel like I want to, I'm going to go talk to him about it. It's not like it's brand new. It's like, you know, we've already, he's already talked about it. So it's almost like it's maybe easier. Yeah. And I think the other big thing is, and this is a lot too. I'll get this. Hey, Mr. Carr, I want to talk to you about something. I didn't write the question, but I relate to it. And mm -hmm. I, and you know what I mean? So it actually opens yeah. the doors. And so really one of the things that I think a big benefit of those are is that is really unspoken benefit, which is people in the room realize, oh crap, like that's like me too. Like mm -hmm. I guess I'm not as uh it's not just me. It's other people are going through that same kind of thing. And um and then sometimes people feel compelled too to like to respond, like, hey, I went through that or something similar. I want to give advice on that. I there was a lot of that last year in, in two of my classes mm -hmm. where where students really felt empowered to say, and they were really respectful about responding. They were like yeah. urging. Um, so that, I think that's another way that it opens the conversations up more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I remember in my class, some of the questions like about relationships and like breakups and whatever, like a lot of the students would raise their hands and respond. And mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool because they were giving their insights too. So yeah, definitely open the door up. Yeah. Um, but when people come to talk to you, like at lunch or break, whenever I came in I would always just see like a huge like oh, yeah. herd, like a literal line at the door for people waiting to talk to you yeah um but just like switching gears a little bit does that ever like stress you out like having that many kids in there and like knowing that you want to talk to all of them and they all want to talk to you like does that ever get stressful because I know it's your break time too you know it's funny so um it doesn't it never gets me stressful it never makes me stressed out um I think that a lot of those people coming in are like, you know, different reasons, but I always tell students like, Hey, if you want to, if we need, you want to uh, talk, there's a lot of people in here, just let me know. You want to talk to me one-on-one -on -one, and I will make sure to be available to you. Like outside of all that 
with with privacy with mm-hmm. you know uh, you know not having to worry about all that crap because it's like nhs and other kind of mm-hmm. stuff people are gonna buy in but um so i always try i always want to prevent that from happening where someone because that happens they'll i always trying to come to you but you're never available because yeah. there's always people in there like i'll come you know let me know and i'll make it t- let's make it time um but no i think really the opposite is the case for me like let's say if i spend a school day like during the during the hybrid year was like this where like it's like this all day long mm-hmm. it start it it like eats at me i start feeling like i guess i start feeling like well maybe maybe i'm less relevant like <laughs> like you know, I teach and people leave and I mean, it just seems so impersonal. Like, so I thrive off of that. Like I, mm-hmm. it, it, it really energizes me to be able to uh, meet someone's needs. If they need something, help them out, solve the, help them solve a problem. If they're like here, you know, I'm in this situation, what should I do? Like, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, that's why I love coming to school. You know, yeah. uh, it's not, it's not just the, it's not just the period, but also all the interaction in between. And, um, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, I'll feel myself like, well, that was that was a busy day, but it feels good. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I'm glad you love it. I know a lot of people love coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious, what does stress you out and what do you do to deal with that and cope with that? Yeah. So I think this is cool. This is a cool question. Yeah. Uh, um, and all these questions are awesome. I love it. I love <laughs> um, honestly, what stresses me out about teaching is that what you mean like during a te- in, yeah in a te- just from like your like teaching kind of perspective like as a teacher professor yeah what stresses me at the most and is is and I don't know I feel like sometimes some years are better than others or just like the more I've been teaching sometimes I guess it can be more heavy to handle is that like I want to make sure that I'm like I'm not uh like if I feel like I've done something, like I didn't do a good job on something, like mm-hmm. I, I didn't teach something well enough, or I that something about let's say a project or a test, or whatever it was like, or I'm not in some way. If I'm not performing well enough as a teacher, like day to day, and I'll, I'm very like critical, like I'll I'll be thinking about constantly like what I'm going to do and like how I'm going to do it, and then I'm, I tend to t- I tend to tweak things sometimes even too much. I'm like that works. You know, that, that worked really well. Okay. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to change this part of it. Like, ah, well, why? <laughs> and, um, and the, so I'm, I try to be, I t- I'm probably overly, um, like, uh, critical of myself about how I'm doing as a teacher. And like, did I, and, and especially if I ever feel like, if I, let's say if, if uh, I signed something that was maybe confusing or unclear or, um, I don't know that that's what that's what stresses me out the most honestly it's it's not the workload I love the teaching side of it um if I feel like I I made it if I I don't know if, if something I'm teaching isn't going well that's what stresses me out the most um during class if like if I feel people if if the room for whatever reason I feel like hey this is not going well students don't seem engaged mm-hmm. I will find myself being thrown off Mm-hmm. you know and i'll be i'll be like I'll, at least in my own mind i'm like stumbling I'm like okay yeah. hold on, let me like i was just talking to a teacher about this how what really throws me off when i'm teaching is let's say i'm going over something and uh, i want people listening paying attention and there's a lot of people let's say on their ipads and they're not i don't see eye contact that's a good tr- way for me to just be like off my game mm-hmm. and I'll, feel, I'll feel in my mind like everything's falling apart 
So, but when I when they're, when their iPads, but when they're when they're engaged, it's like I don't know. I feel like a thousand percent better. So I, yeah. yeah, my stress is all about my performance. It's not about. It's like, am I doing a good enough job? I don't yeah. know. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's so interesting though because I feel like. As a student, I always thought that most teachers, like most stressful thing is like grading and getting things in on time and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. But that's really interesting that you say that. For me, grading is is like, I try to look at whatever I'm going to grade is something I, I should want to grade. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I want to yeah. see you guys do this. And if I don't want to grade it, then I have to question why should I even have them do it? Yeah. And, and um, grading is a workload for sure. It's like, I got to get those done. But I know I'm going to get them done. You know what I mean? Whereas like with the teaching side of it, like, hey, I want this to go really well. I want them to be into it. Or I want this assignment. Like, I want this project to go well. I want to make sure that they, they're enjoying it. And really, honestly, with me, I don't know if this is good or bad, to be honest with you. But like, if the students are enjoying what's going on, like, I I'm happy. Because I think yeah. so much about effective learning and teaching is like, did you enjoy the experience? Because if you don't, you may still learn something, but you may not want to do it again. Yeah. Like, I think a major, a major bulwark to a lifelong learner is when you start learning that learning can be like less enjoyable. Mm -hmm. That's like a fast track out of like, I just want to get this over with. Yeah. That's but if it, oh, that was cool. It was fun. It was like, um, I got, I was engaged, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like that's, a, that's like, a, that's necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really understandable. And I also think that being in your class last year, literally all of your assignments were so fun because they're okay. so interactive and yeah I also got to learn so much um but yeah well I feel like we could just talk all day <laughs> um but I know you're very busy and you're also getting ready to go back to school so I'm just gonna are you crazy senior yeah. year <laughs> Um, I'm just going to finish this conversation with a lightning round of questions that I asked sure. all of my guests. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's just three simple questions. Okay. Just like, you don't have to give a big answer, just whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So my first question is what is a question you wish I would have asked? Um, oh man, that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, so open-minded about whatever you're going to ask. Um, Maybe like what areas of psychology are you most currently kind of fascinated mm -hmm. by? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And That's what would your answer be? <laughs> uh, I think like you, you may have detected this. I'm really fascinated recently by like um, the role of the immune system on, mm -hmm. on human psychology. Like there's, I just feel like there's like this hidden, and it makes sense evolutionarily. Like our immune system is, is really the, we're, if we're going to die by some, it's probably infection, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not like a lion or it's not like a gang fight. It's going to be like, I got sick, you know, mm -hmm. and um, wouldn't it make sense that our personality would be influenced by our immune system because our personality is the interface with, with eventually procreating, you know, I get, I get to know somebody to eventually have a relationship and have babies or a big picture of things. Well, my immune system, if that's driving it, then uh, there should be some sort of in influence there anyway. So there's all this really fascinating research on the immune system and, and, psychology so that's a really cool area for me yeah no, I remember you talking a little bit about that in class I'm very interested in that too so hopefully you can learn more about that sometime oh, in the future. <laughs> um my next question we kind of just went over this but what is your favorite way to de-stress 
Yeah, you know, I think um, like hanging out with I'm I'm a social person. I like to be around people in like really casual ways. And so if it's like, hey, Saturday night, you're gonna have a bunch of hang out with a bunch of friends and just like talk and hang out or whatever. To me, that's like really enjoyable. You know, everyone I like my alone time too, but I feel like uh just really at most relaxed when I'm just like with people. Mm-hmm. And um I don't have a whole lot of worries for the next day. I can just kind of like be focused on the moment. That's yeah. me really yeah, that to me is like really, really relaxing. Yeah, I love that. I can definitely get behind that. I love talking to people, building relationships, yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last question is if this was our last conversation, how would you want the world to remember you? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be cool. I want to be remembered as like somebody when like, when you interacted with me, you felt like you were with someone who was totally present with you at the same time, engaged and being authentic and genuine with you. And, um, and, and, uh, Right, and you knew that that person would like me would be there to help with anything you need, you know, and like that genuine interaction. I think that's an important thing where it's like, um, I don't, I don't want to be that person that always seems distracted when they're talking to people. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's an important thing that that when you went to, to, to Mr. Caro, you got the full Mr. Caro in like an authentic way. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that's definitely how I see you I think I will always remember you as that um, That's cool. thank you yeah, of course um all right Mr. Carl that is the last of the lightning round questions cool. um again thank you so 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 much for joining me today I really appreciate all of your wonderful insight and perspective as a psychology teacher um, and for everyone listening, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DWord Podcast and keep checking back for more episodes and all things mental health. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank Bye, you so everyone. much. Thanks. For privacy purposes, the last names and school information of student guests have been redacted. All content by DWord Podcast is provided for general information and or entertainment purposes only and should not be treated as a substitute for the medical advice of your own doctor or any other healthcare professional. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read, watched, or listened to on this podcast or any of our other media channels.